Welcome back, Crimeaholics. It's your host, Holly, and it's Monday, which means another episode of Missing Mondays. Missing Mondays is a segment that was created by Kenzie and I to help keep missing persons' name and information in the media the best we can and to help aid in their return home. 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. On today's episode of Missing Mondays, I will be sharing the information with you about Keeslin Roberts. Today's case was suggested by one of our TikTok viewers named Molly. So thank you, Molly, for taking the time to suggest this case because it's really important to get it out there. Keeslin Noel Roberts was 20 years old when she went missing from the Flying J truck stop in Resaca, Georgia. Keeslin is described by her parents, Shannon and Eric, as a beautiful, outgoing girl. Growing up, Keeslin was always so kind and compassionate to others. She was a good student, loved to dance, and really enjoyed playing sports. In 2009, Keeslin lost her grandma, and it was really tough for her. Her mom states in an interview that they hadn't realized how hard of a time that Keeslin was having with the loss of her grandmother because she was one to kind of keep her emotions bottled up. Her parents did get her into some counseling, but her mom says that she regrets not being able to get her into more counseling than they had. During Keeslin's senior year of high school, she ran into some trouble and began hanging around the wrong crowd and found herself arrested for possession of marijuana. When we look at these missing persons cases and the people have a criminal history, I hate to say it, but these cases get brushed aside and it's complete crap. No matter how minimal a charge is, people instantly turn their noses up and think that their charges is what made them go missing. In the case of Keeslin, people are assuming the fact that she was on probation for this marijuana charge is why she is no longer around. And though marijuana is considered a drug, it's really not that big of a deal. Marijuana is being legalized all over the country, and though she wasn't the age of which someone who can legally buy marijuana needs to be, it's truly not a charge that I would think would make a person want to run from their probation officer and not report in, which is exactly what her parents believe as well. They state that Keeslin wouldn't just skip out of town for something so little. Something happened to their baby girl. Now, I want to say that there is a lot of confusing and differing stories on what exactly Keeslin was doing before she went missing, but this is what I was able to find. On January 18, 2020, Keeslin was said to be at the Flying J truck stop in Resaca, Georgia. She had been apparently dropping off her friend named Chris at the Denny's that was connected to the Flying J. According to a Facebook video that her father posted, Keeslin was dropping Chris off around 5 p.m. for a shift, and she was supposed to pick him back up when his shift ended at 10 p.m. There is some conflicting statements from Chris to investigators, though. He has stated that he had spoke to Keeslin just around 10 p.m. January 18th, where she told him that she would be right back, but never returned. 
Eric Keeslin's father also states that Chris also said after he was dropped off, he didn't see or speak to Keeslin again. So it's really unknown exactly when exactly she was last seen by Chris. At some point after dropping Chris off at the Denny's, a 911 call comes in from the Flying J. The manager of the Flying J stated that they found a female in the kitchen area of the gas station crouched behind some tables. When confronted, the person ran out of the gas station, leaving behind a backpack. When police arrived, the person was nowhere to be found, but inside of the backpack, they found a phone charger and a wallet that had an ID, debit card, and cash. It was identified to be Keeslin, who had been inside the kitchen of the Flying J gas station. On January 20th, 2020, Keeslin's probation officer called her father, Eric, asking if he had spoken with Keeslin because she hadn't shown up for her check-in meeting. It was after Eric spoke with the probation officer that he went to the home of her boyfriend where Keeslin had been staying to see if she was there. When he arrived there, he spoke with someone who told him that she wasn't there, nor had they seen her, but the friend Chris had told him that Keeslin's car was parked at the Flying J. Eric rushed to the Flying J to see what was going on, and there he found Keeslin's car parked in a back lot, backed into a parking space. Eric decided at this time to call 911 to make a missing persons report because he had this really bad feeling. When officers from Gordon County arrived on scene, they told Eric that they needed to actually get Murray County involved on this missing persons case, which Murray County is the county that Keeslin was from, but she went missing out of Gordon County where this gas station was. So why they wanted to pass the torch off onto a county that she didn't technically go missing in is beyond me. So two hours go by before anyone is able to respond from Murray County and get together with Eric. And at this point, Eric has possession of his daughter's car. He tells them, okay, I've got the car. Do you want to come and take it, do a search of it, and get it fingerprinted? And they told him that they didn't need to do that. Nor did they search anywhere around the truck stop for Keeslin that day. And I want to pause for a second and say that Eric... Keeslin's father is a trucker himself. He owns and operates his own trucking company in Georgia, and he is very aware of the dangers for women and people in general going missing at truck stops. It is a very easy location for people to be kidnapped, trafficked, and assaulted. So her dad was 100% on high alert. Not only that, but Keeslin was always in constant communication with her parents. No, she didn't speak to them daily, but it was about every other day that they would talk. They would frequently give her money for gas or other essentials. She was their only child and they had a great relationship where communication was a really big thing. So this was really unlike Keeslin to not only miss her probation meeting, but also to not be responding to her parents or talking with them at all. It wasn't until five days later that Eric and Shannon finally heard from a detective and for him to really start looking into where Keeslin could be. It was also five days later before anyone at the Flying J gas station was even questioned about if they had seen Keeslin. 
45 days later, Keeslin's parents receive a text message saying that some clothing had been found outside of the Flying J beside a dumpster somewhat hidden underneath some bushes. So her parents rush down to the gas station and determine that the clothes do belong to Keeslin. So they call up Gordon County and they come out and they take the clothing and put it in a bag. But what they tell Eric and Shannon just blows my mind. They tell them that the clothing cannot be sent off to the Georgia Bureau of Investigations to be tested for any kind of blood or hair because they say there was no crime that has been committed which this absolutely disgusts me. We have a missing young lady, her car and all of her personal belongings completely left behind. She has vanished from a gas station. Her clothing has been found and GBI won't test them. What is absolutely crazy about all of this is that a young man went missing from this very same truck stop just two days prior to Keeslin going missing. His name was Caleb Nathaniel Smith. He went missing on January 16th, 2020 from the gas station in which Keeslin went missing. And unfortunately, his body was found a few weeks later in early February of 2020. He was found completely nude. Five miles from this truck stop gas station in a marshy wooded area in Gordon County near Sugar Valley. By the time Keeslin's clothing was found at this gas station, Caleb had already been found deceased. So the fact that GBI wouldn't test her clothing really makes me mad because they are refusing to say that these two cases could possibly be connected. Though there is no proof that Caleb and Keeslin knew each other, the fact that they both went missing from the same exact truck stop just days apart is a huge red flag for me. Not only that, but Keeslin's car was found in the same exact way that Caleb's was. Both of their cars were found in the back of the gas station. Both of their cars were backed into parking spaces. Their cars were also parked about five spaces away from each other, and both of them had completely left their belongings behind. And what is even more infuriating about this whole entire case is the gas station, the truck stop, literally has zero cameras outside to give investigators any kind of clue as to what the heck happened. Caleb's full story is one that I might be covering in the near future because I think it's really important to spread his name and his story as well. Unfortunately, there isn't too many details out there about his disappearance and his death, but it was ruled an overdose despite some interesting things that were found. Caleb's family do not believe it was an overdose, nor do Keeslin's family believe that this is a coincidence that the two went missing just days apart. Overall, Eric and Shannon are completely frustrated with both Gordon and Murray County because they aren't doing anything for Keeslin. She's been missing for a full year. It's been her family putting on searches around the Flying J. 
It's been her family searching the property that Caleb's body was found on. And it is her family that has mainly kept Keeslin in the spotlight. I will say that this whole case really angers me. When I began doing my research on this case, I came across a post from Murray County that was posted literally four days ago on January 27th, 2021. The post is a quick two-sentence post stating she's still missing. But what pisses me off about this post is they used one picture of Keeslin where she's smiling and is on most of her missing posters that you find out there. But the second picture that they chose to display for this post was her mugshot when she was arrested. Now, I don't know about you all, but I feel this is completely disrespectful in the sense that they are exposing this girl as a criminal. I say it time and time again that with these cases, when someone's past comes out that they've been into some trouble, people drop it. They just don't care. I want to say that no matter what Keeslin has done in her past or what she was doing at the time of her disappearance, it does not matter. This is a human being we are talking about, and she has parents and friends who love and miss her and are worried. No matter if she has abused drugs or whatever else, she is still deserving and worthy of being found. Now, I will say that a lot of people did comment on that post saying that it was terrible that they shared her mugshot and other people were defending it saying that this was a way for people to see what she looks like at her worst. So maybe if she's out there wandering around somewhere, that could possibly be what she looks like. But in my opinion, her family likely has pictures of her not dolled up, not with makeup on, not looking her best that could have been used instead of her mugshot. Keeslin's family feels that Gordon and Murray County haven't done anything to search for their daughter. This case is not a priority to them. They've also released some false information out there that again reflects poorly on Keeslin. And I want to clear the air right now. Gordon and Murray County have released that Keeslin had a warrant issued for her arrest on January 17th, 2020, just a day before she went missing. So their claims is that she had this warrant and she then went missing. But according to her father, he has text messages between himself and her parole officer stating that this warrant wasn't issued until after her disappearance on January 21st or 22nd, after she had missed that probation meeting on January 20th. By releasing the wrong dates for her warrant, I feel this does a disservice to finding Keeslin. Since Keeslin went missing, her family has done what they could to scrape up reward money. They are now offering a $20,000 reward to anyone who could lead them to information on their daughter's whereabouts. Keeslin would now be 21 years old. She is described as being 5'6 and 125 pounds. She has blonde hair and blue eyes, and she has a sea turtle tattoo on her right inner arm and gauged ears. If you or anyone you know has any kind of information, you can call the tip line at 423-413-6848, or you can also call 706 226 
Her family also has a Facebook page called Bring Keeslin Roberts Home. They also have a GoFundMe that you can find on there as well. That money is going to reward money so they can keep upping the reward as more donations come in. If you're not already a part of our Facebook group, you can find us at Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group. In there, we share all things relating to the cases that we cover. I will have pictures of Keeslin and other information provided. You can also follow us on Instagram at crimeaholics.podcast. I will also be featuring Keeslin on our TikTok, which you can find us on there also at crimeaholics.podcast. Crimeaholics, I just want to say again that just because someone has a past that doesn't align with what is considered a social norm does not mean they are not worthy of being found. As always, if you see something, say something. Until next time, be aware and take care. Thank you.